Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Inside Thrill Radio. We have a fantastic show for you today. Jeff, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How you doing? Great. We got two wonderful people on the show today, both talking about the ITW and Thriller Fest to give you that inside information. One is a founding member and fabulous and best-selling author David Morrell. Of course, you know him from Rambo and uh, Murder is a Fine Art. And then we also have, uh, what is Kim Howe's exact title? She is the Thriller Fest director. Okay, so Thriller Fest director Kimberly Howe, of course, Skyjack and The Freedom Broker are her two books. Check those out. But we are very excited to be able to talk with them about Thriller Fest, everything that's going on with it, and the history of Thriller Fest, too, from David and, and Kim. Well, and uh, David not only is a founding member, he is one of the creators of the organization. So exactly. it'll be really fun to talk to him. So we and want to remind all of you oh we want to remind all of you to make sure you visit Kingtontonbooks.com for more information what they have going on and their authors. And so are you ready to go, Jeff? Let's do it. You got anything else you want to say real fast or are we good? We're good. All right, everybody, enjoy the interview. Here you go again, Kimberly Howe and David Morrell coming up. Well, we want to welcome everybody again for joining us. Uh, we have a fabulous interview here set up, like we said. We are talking none other with uh, David Morrell and Kimberly Howe, two wonderful people. So, Kim, David, how are you guys doing? Doing fine. Fantastic, thank you. Awesome. The thing that we wanted to get into, of course, because this is Inside Thrill Radio, Inside Thrill Radio for the ITW, we wanted to get a little bit into Thriller Fest and the ITW. So people have an idea, if I sign up for this organization or I go to this event, what am I going to get? So let's just start with you, David, and let's just kind of start back at the beginning. Give us just a little history of the ITW and kind of how it started and what you wanted it to kind of be when you helped uh, found this with Gail Lenz? Well, uh, I think you have to go back 2004, 2003, and it, it, uh, at the time, um, the thriller writers were uh, sort of ghettoized. And, and uh, at, at the British Crime Writers Association since then sort of group thriller writers, mystery writers, crime writers, etc., under the crime rubric. But that hadn't happened then. Uh, so uh, I knew in my heart that I didn't write mysteries, although I have, but I mean, I'm not known for Rambo as, you know, not a mystery. Um, and and uh, so I, I, I was wondering, you know, I was a member of Mystery Writers of America and, and happy to do so, but I was a little confused. And so we, uh, there was an event at, in Scottsdale that Barbara Peters of the Poison Pen Bookstore uh, arranged, a kind of uh, uh, you know, writer's day over at the Arizona Biltmore. And at, at that uh, uh, event, that Gail was there, I was there, Gail Lins I'm referring to, um, Lee Child was there, um, uh, just a, 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 a really a, a vast amount. I'm trying to uh, go, go back to then to remember um, all the, the folks uh, that were there, but they were all thriller writers, we, we realized. And uh, over uh, drinks that night, uh, someone said, you know, it would be fun if we had an organization. And so that's sort of, you know, how it uh, started. 
Uh, and uh, then the next year in uh, Toronto at VoucherCon, we had a meeting. Gail and I uh, had a meeting. Said, "Hey, anybody want to be part of a thriller writers organization?" And we had. I remember it a little different from Gail. I remember about 70 people being there, and she she has a different number. I think even fewer than that. And uh, uh, I remember uh, Joe Fender walked in, and I waved to him, and I didn't realize that they were having a vote as to who would be co-president, and I got elected because <laughs> I had my <laughs> hand up. <laughs> be careful so, who you wave to. Um, and then, you know, we went on from there. The first in, in uh, sort of acknowledging uh, the, um, of the origins at, in Scottsdale at, uh, at the Biltmore, we had the first Thriller Fest there. And, and afterward, and Kim can speak to this, uh, the... The um, the rest of uh, the Thriller Fest uh, uh, meetings were in New York City. And Kim, do you want to go on from there? Sure. Well, I mean, I feel incredibly honored to be part of this organization, and I am grateful to both David and Gail, you know, for starting something that has become so impressive. We have you know over five thousand members and over three billion books in print if you can believe it, across the globe. And I think uh, quite a few of those are R.L. Steins, um, so, <laughs> which is quite fun. Um, yeah, there's a James uh, Patterson. That's and, it. Yeah, that too, exactly. We have a few that are, are, are anchors, right, on the, <laughs> the tug of war. And, um, you know, I feel that um, it's wonderful. We don't charge any member dues at ITW for published authors, and we're a not-for-profit organization whose whole mandate is to support authors, specifically thrillers, but we're very inclusive. We always have YA, romantic suspense, and you know, sci-fi thrillers, and a, a wide variety of other, you know, as long as it's page-turning fiction, we basically call it you know, a thriller. And we have a host of different events, from aspiring authors being able to pitch agents at PitchFest, two wonderful master classes where David was a teacher one year. Um, and imagine having the opportunity to sit in a room with David and Lee Child and other authors like that and study with them in a group you know, of 10 or fewer students. So we're offering something very special, education to writers and aspiring authors. And we've had a host of incredible success stories on our website. If you're interested, you go to thrillerfest.com and you can read all about the success stories. And... Um, we're here really to celebrate the genre, and during the Thriller Fest or the weekend portion of the conference, we have spotlight guests and um, panels and interviews, and this year we're very excited to honor um, John Sanford as our Thriller Master, which is the Lifetime Achievement Award, which David also has won. Nice. Oh, thank I guess once you kind of win the Lifetime Award, it's like, well, you can't really win another one from you, can you? <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I don't know. We might give, we might give David double. Uh, You've got to give him another it. one for the I'm willing second to promise life. him anything. Yes. Give him the Afterlife <laughs> Achievement Award. Just leave it going. Because <laughs> his books are going to continue on for generations after we're all gone. Oh, you're kind. Thank you. Um, so I have to say, this organization has changed my life, and I know it has for countless others. For the people who are just learning about ITW or coming to Thriller Fest for the first time, I'm wondering what advice would you have for them so they can experience what John and what myself has experienced by, you know, like I said, it changed my life. 
Well, that's lovely to hear, Jeff, because I feel it's changed my life as well. When I had the pleasure of meeting David, you know, at, while I was doing my master's at Seton Hill, and then, you know, finding out about Thriller Fest and coming and finding people who actually, you know, were fascinated by crime. And, you know, it's sort of like you find your tribe. And I would say that, you know, we don't have a green room at Thriller Fest on purpose. We don't have a VIP spot. Everyone is milling about in the halls, as you know, and therefore magic happens. You know, you can meet people that can change your life, whether it's a mentor, you know, an agent, a publisher, even maybe a critique partner. So I would just say be open to the possibilities. And as writers, we tend to be a little introverted. And I think within this, you know, kind of safe cocoon, I think it's really important to just reach out and talk to people and ask them what they write and connect with others. And I don't know if David has something to add to that. Um, I do. Uh, I do, however, want to backtrack because I drew a blank there for a minute talking about the authors who were there at that event in Scottsdale. And uh, I just want to mention the others who were there because, I mean, these are distinguished people. Vince Flynn was there. Now, Vince is no longer with us, but a a gentleman and very generous uh, to other writers. Steve Hamilton was there. Kathy Mm -hmm. Reichs was there. And uh, Clive Cussler was there. So uh, in addition to Lee and and myself and and Gail. So it it was a really packed day. We each did an hour, and then there was a big... Uh, big gala at the at the end, um, but uh, about about the 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 event the, about Thriller Fest, the I don't know many places where you can go and see um, uh, such stellar authors, um, so embraceive of other authors. It, 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 there's a, as you were saying, there's no green room. There's there's none of this. One person is you know sort of a star kind of thing. That um, it, it, I'm speaking to people who've gone there for the first time, uh, they're just amazed at the conversations they have with uh, people in, in writers, but also people in the industry, editors and agents and what have you, uh, that provide a, a, a genuine, friendly social environment uh, that um, is somewhat rare. I won't say that you know other institutions, other organizations don't have it, but ours. Ours is pretty impressive. And the other, the other thing I wanted to add is that none of this could have been accomplished without the services of a, a gentleman named David Dunn. Uh, David Dunn was there from the beginning. He was an, he's an attorney, and he graciously allowed us and allows us still to use his law offices at a very generous fee in order to have uh, ITW headquarters. And also we have to acknowledge M.J. Rose for uh, having uh, brought a, a degree of, of, of uh, masterful uh, marketing uh, uh, savvy to the organization. So. Uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting other people, but I know those folks would we'd be remiss not to acknowledge them. Well, and I have to say, you were a mentor oh, too, David. So, mm-hmm. well, uh, you know, I, I I I respond to that humbly. I had a lot of help as I was coming along. The secret to my, one of the secrets to my personality is that my father was killed in combat. My mother was unable to support me and earn a living, so she had to put me in an orphanage. Uh, And then um, 
Uh, she remarried uh, someone, a stepfather, whom, whom didn't like me and didn't like kids, and it was not a very happy home. And I would not, I'd be in prison right now if it hadn't been for uh, the mentorship of people I encountered uh, through grade school and high school. Um, by the time I got to college, I was, I was pretty steady. Um, and I have not forgotten um, that there are a lot of people out there, at, at best in confusion and at worst in pain, uh, who, who are adrift trying to figure out how to find a way. And because I, people were so generous to me, um, uh, I think they, they sensed you know, my turmoil and, and wanted to assist. And so I, you know, I do a lot of mentoring, it's true, I, you know, and I don't advertise it because, God help me, there'd be people banging on my door. But I have helped a lot of people, uh, and I do it you know, with the sense that uh, remembering, for example, a, a writer named Sterling Silifant, an Oscar winner who wrote the classic TV series Route 66, and when I was 17, very troubled, uh, I wrote to him saying I wanted to do what he did, writing Route 66. And my goal was to try to have an influence on people the way Sterling had. And he wrote back within a week. And they, he and I established a friendship. And I wouldn't, be, uh, I wouldn't have progressed if not for him. And I, I was at Penn State where uh, two writers, two Phillips, one was Philip Young, a Hemingway scholar, who taught you know, me that, you know, the, the, the academic part of my, my mind, and then a science fiction writer named Philip Klass, whose pen name is William Ten, who, who just, you know, helped me as I was writing First Blood, and then Donald E. Westlake, who was a friend of, of Philip Klass's, who, who was good enough to read a first draft of uh, First Blood and, and encourage me as well as to, you know, give me some advice. And so I'm very aware uh, none of us gets where we are without help. And um, so it, to me, it's just a reflexive thing I do. I don't think about it much, which is, uh, you know, so I'm always a little surprised when, you know, when someone such as yourself says that to me. Well, you have been amazing to me. And also, Kimberly, I wanted to say the same thing to you. You have been such an amazing influence in my life, and I know you've been a great mentor to people as well. Um, could you talk a bit about that also? Well, thanks. Thanks, Jeff. And, you know, it's, it's truly been an honor to get to know you. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, I've been helped a great deal. And actually, David, you know, is one of those people, Skyjack, my latest thriller, is dedicated to him for his kindness. And David, you know, goes deeper than most mentors because he understands that writing, you know, comes from ourselves and, and maybe perhaps we get together and commiserate as writers because we have something, you know, to say about our pain that we suffer yeah. through. or You know, and it, it's kind of interesting that the crowd, I think that's why we gravitate to each other and perhaps there is a kindness there is because we, we are trying to express something and figure something out and be cathartic. And I feel really strongly that every single person that comes to Thriller Fest should be treated like a rock star. Now, I hope they don't trash the hotel rooms, but... Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I've got to be careful here. But, uh, but, <laughs> oh, no. but in sincerity, like, I, want, I want everyone to feel like there is a path. And with the changes in publishing, you know, there's so much indie publishing now and small press publishing and then traditional press publishing. And I think that there's a place for everyone who wants to write. And... It's important for people to come, learn about the different avenues, to understand their choices, to respond to them, 
and, you know, kind of figure out who they are. And I try my best to guide people and advise people, you know, because I've been so generously given to. I'm a big believer in that, you know, phrase, pay it forward. And I think that's what David was saying is that, you know, if someone's helped you, you try and help them. And um, it's a better life and a better environment. And there's, there's really, like, I feel like Thriller Fest is truly not, not an organization but a family. Yeah, I would, I would say that. And, uh, again, adding, you know, some perspective because I've been doing this uh, a long time. And I can tell you that until the 1990s, you would have trouble finding a place that would sort of uh, teach you the inside of what publishing was like and what writing was like. And, I mean, it's, it, this is a difficult thing we've chosen. Um, mm-hmm. Not only to accomplish it, but also um, because of the environment, the publishing, the marketing, and all of that. It's it's tough, and uh, the there was a time uh, in my case where I I had to rely on a, just a couple of people that I had managed to find who were generous to me, and and it, what we have now with uh, Thrillerfest. It, it, just the idea that you would be able to, to have a chance to speak to almost as many agents as you could dream of uh, in one afternoon, or that you would have seasoned authors who were willing to listen to your pitches that were going to be made to these agents and to practice on somebody who knows what on earth this is about. Um, I, I had no uh, access to any of that. Uh, so it's just amazing to me that uh, things have progressed to that degree um, that uh, what I just described is possible. Well, I think that's part of the reason why we love being in New York so much. New York is the hub of publishing in the U.S., and it really would be impossible for us to have over 60, if you can believe it, agents and, and top editors taking pitches at PitchFest in an afternoon. I mean the opportunities are endless and to have that face time because I, as I tell people, you know, it's, you want an agent that is a good agent because a bad agent is worse than having no agent at all. And part of it is to make sure that there's a really good um, fit, you know, from a personality standpoint. And I try and encourage all the pitchers to say, look, talk to this person, ask yourself, could I work with this person? You know, because you know, we get aspiring authors get so excited about any agent being interested that they just want to sign up. But it's like you have to take a step back and ask questions to make sure it's going to be a very good relationship because hopefully you're going to be in it for a very long time. Well, and and the one thing that you guys have alluded to, of course, is if people haven't gone on the website, which is um, it's drillerfest.com. If you yes. go on the website, what you'll notice is that it's broken out into like three parts. So you basically have craft fest which is at the beginning, which kind of starts Wednesday, goes into Thursday. Then at the end of kind of Thursday, you got like the consult fest with the pitch fest that you're talking about. And then thriller fest kind of goes on. The one thing that you'll notice when you go is an energy that you have. When you go into those rooms and you have craft fest, the one thing that you want to do is you want to run up to your hotel room and you want to start writing because you feel that energy. Kind of talk a little bit about how do you guys have that set up and that flow and if people just want to attend one part or all the parts, or how, do, how are they able to kind of go through that? Sure. Well, I try and advise people, depending on where they are in their writing career, what they should enroll in. Because, for example, if someone's brand new to writing, CraftFest, which we offer four different tracks of different crafts, you know, dialogue, you know, pacing, these kind of topics, as well as 
we jokingly call fact fest, which is like blood spatter analysis and you know the Secret Service and CIA coming in to ex, you know be experts. And what we try and do there is teach people how to write, because until they have a book that is you know pretty polished and professional, they really shouldn't be seeking out an agent. So we try and do that, and then we uh, when they're ready, take them into pitch fest, and then when they're published. They become part of the debut author program we have where we support debut authors. And then from there, they can be on panels and, um, and then one day reach David Tights as Thriller Master. That's the goal. That's the, that's the, the, that's the career plan. There you go. <laughs> that sounds like, <laughs> you know, I, I have to say again, you were talking about my, my mentoring. When you call me Thriller Master, I have to think for a minute. I think, are you talking about somebody else? But, yes, I realized, yeah, I did. I did receive it. I'm I'm very very humbled by it. Well, you certainly deserve it, and and like, you know, your kindness with everybody, I think, also sets the mood at Thriller Fest. You know, like when you, when you have a core group of people who really care about other writers, it shows, right? And it, I think there's a lack of that competitiveness. You know, there's more collegiality. Yes. And that's what I love uh, about Thriller Fest. What I uh, and we should uh, I'm going to say some real nice things about you. Uh, I think that you're talking about personality for the for the event and Kimberly. Uh, I love to call you Kimberly and not Kim. Um, the 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 personality that you bring to the event is manifest throughout all of it. Uh, I, I mean, you're just such an essential part of it. Well, you're very kind. I mean. You know, at the end of the day, listen, I think we all understand each other. Like I said, you know, just like, you know, John and Jeff here too, right? You know, when you come, you can feel that vibe, right? That's the one thing I hear time and again about people going to different conferences, coming to Thriller Fest. And I literally will tell all my team that if you see someone standing alone at a cocktail party, you're going to walk up and introduce them and then take them to someone else and make sure they meet someone. And everyone, you know, it's like summer camp for writers, and you come and you make friends that last forever. And you know, it works the other way. Um, I know, you know, the, the more established authors uh, often seek out authors who look maybe a little confused. Last year, I've become a fan of a writer named Christine Carbo, C-A-R-B-O. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, Christine writes uh, about the homicide uh, uh, investigating team that the National Park Service has in, like, who knew? And, you know, it's set in uh, Glacier. And uh, I was uh, at an, uh, some event last year through a fest, and I saw her, and she was standing there looking, you know, where do I go? And I went over and introduced myself, and we had uh, some, you know, a very nice conversation, and she made me aware of her books, and I read them all, and I'm really impressed by them. Uh, and uh, then I encouraged her, because uh, she writes modern westerns, to also join the Western Writers of America. Um, and uh, I was able to do a review of her latest book for a Roundup magazine for Western Writers of America. And, I mean, you know, that kind of networking that just sort of happens because, one, you know, writers are looking after each other uh, is an essential uh, part of the experience. Yeah, another really good example. I mean, you know, Mark Greeny was writing the Tom Clancy books, doing a phenomenal job, but he was hard to juggle between that and his Gray Man series. 
And um, he recommended the very talented Mark Cameron to take over for him. So, you know, Mark Cameron has that job of doing a dream job of writing Clancy books because of Mark Greeny's kindness. Like, so I I just feel like it is a really beautiful thing and, and it, it keeps, it keeps perpetuating. Well, I, I want you to put your psychic caps on because um, at Thriller Fest on panels, we always talk about the future of publishing. So I'm going to throw this out at both of you. What vision do you have both of the organization and of the conference in five years? And what would you like it to be as well? Ooh, look at Jeff getting deep. I, I didn't say this was going to be an easy interview, guys. <laughs> David, why would you like to go first? <laughs> Kim needs to think. Yeah, it sounds like he's got an agenda. Uh, I'm, I am troubled. Um, uh, uh, and Nielsen, which reports on viewing habits and what have you, uh, says that um, the average person spends more than 11 hours per day on an electronic device. That, and they're not talking about Kindle. They're talking about phones. They're talking about streaming. Uh, there are more than 500 scripted television series now, if you factor in uh, mm-hmm. network, cable, and streaming. It's hard to imagine. I did the count. Yes, these are, some of them are from overseas, but for the United States, they're original. Uh, I have, of late, gotten into the habit of every person I meet saying, so what are you reading now? And what I'm getting is, well, I'm too busy, and then I say, what are you too busy doing? And the answer is, I'm watching television. Uh, so if we want to stay in business, we should, with every person we meet, say, what are you reading? And if they tell you television, to point out a number of things, such as you don't get any smarter watching TV, and the only way you can learn empathy is by reading, um, and that you can quickly become illiterate if all you're doing is staring at a one-dimensional screen. I think we're at a crisis point, uh, and that uh, what we should be doing um, uh, uh, is uh, promoting literacy of a different sort than we ever imagined we'd have to promote. Um, and uh, I, I think that I'm, I've been telling everybody I meet about this. I think we're in trouble. Oh, man. Okay, I'm going to be a little more optimistic. <laughs> oh, good, good. <laughs> so uh, with Filler Fest, uh, I come up against a lot of innovation because right people are pitching ideas to us. Can we come talk about this new thought? For example, there's this company, I believe it's called Hooked, that is doing stories that are designed in the same format as text messages. Interesting, right? Mm-hmm. So they're super short, back and forth, things like that. Um, you know, James Patterson has done book shots. Uh, it is sad to me that, you know, the attention span is really small these days. People are super busy, and as David said, they're on video games, computers, you know, watching TV, and binge-watching Netflix. And I hope that we can reignite a love of reading because there's nothing like reading. Exactly. There's interaction that goes on between the you know, author and the reader. And it, the imagination you can have as a reader is so much more profound than watching, like David said, the screen that just is basically mm-hmm. coming one way at you. And, you know, you can, you can imagine what the character looks like, what th- things are going to happen next. And I do think it helps um, vocabulary. I'm hopeful that there's going to be some more series like a Harry Potter where 
you know, people, the kids will get caught up in reading That's and never want to let that thing. go. Right? It's the, the next generation people. I'm thinking You've got to get the young people involved. Otherwise, you're just dead in the water. Yeah, because, I, I mean, if, yeah, we do a, a lot of marketing studies at IGW, yeah. and, and it said that a lot of thriller writers are definitely in, in a more, you know, advanced age, you know, group, right, than, like, mm-hmm. the, the, the millennials aren't really our big fans. You know, it's, it's a, other groups, baby boomers, and, you know. Um, so I'm hopeful that someone will come up with a concept that will get people reading again, you know, whether maybe George Martin just got to write more books, you know. <laughs> and I'm also, ho- ho- I'm also a little bit hopeful in the sense that there's so much TV out there that they need content. And the best place for content, I feel, is rich novels. And it's so also in the freaking library. It's all in the right? library. I think hopefully that will help. I think it's a bubble. As the head of AMC uh, uh, said uh, a couple years ago, no one can watch that much TV. So what's happened is that the algorithms have turned everything into niche watching. Uh, and I, uh, it, my fondest hope here is that people will say, you know what, this is a lot of the same, uh, and that they will yep. get back to things that are more imaginative, i.e. books. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but I I would urge all you know any you all and anybody is listening to get into this habit. I've I've been having a lot of fun with it, uh, saying, well, what are you reading? And when they give me all this blather about television, I watch TV. But I have to tell you, I I made about a year ago the point uh, uh, when I saw what was what was happening. I spend two hours a day reading. Uh, and that's not bad when you think of you know the fact that there are, there are, uh, you know the serious things that need to be done during the day just to stay alive. Um, so uh, I, I've been encouraging everybody to start um, you know making that an essential part of their uh, daily conversations. That's what librarians do, by the way, David. That's our very mm-hmm. first question we ask people. <laughs> yes, it's great. <laughs> uh, well, uh, and I can tell you, my my dear wife, she she's at the library. Um, once a week, uh, it's one of her favorite places. See, and I'm kind of on the exact opposite. There's so much stuff to watch on TV that I've decided I'm not watching any of it. Well, there you it's are. way too much. And, and also, it's way too. Much. If it wasn't for live sports, I literally would not leave. I would. I would not watch cable TV. Last night, I'm watching Bob Ross and the Joy of Painting on Amazon Prime. Love it. Okay. I love it. Because it's creative. I like watching the creativeness. And I think that a lot of TV today is, like you said, it's so much of the same. And I think the creativity has kind of left some of those shows. They all kind of remind me of all the same thing. And I say that, you know, as a child of television, I wouldn't be a writer today if not for Sterling Silifon and Route 66. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was a different time with free networks and, you know. Right. You had to be really, really good to get on the TV. And now you can just kind of be anybody and people just want content and they throw it out there. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. But we, well, uh, alas, we've wandered from Thrillerfest, but I think this is all part of the same thing. Oh, I think it's all part of it. And when yes. you have that many writers and readers getting together um, you know, to create enthusiasm for uh, books, um, then you know we're we're making an impact on the culture. Uh, so uh, you know, more more power to the to the event. Well, while we 
while we wind this up here, let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about David. You go first, and then Kim. Let us know what are you writing now. What uh, let people know like your website where they can kind of find out about your writing and what you got going on right now. Um, well, my my website is davidmorell.net, as in the network of readers. It's a very informative. It has a, all kinds of fun things in it, and one of them is there's a Rambo page because uh, I. Uh, I created the character, so I might as well have a page for him. Yep. And, uh, and we have rare, rare posters on it, uh, because in the original version of First Blood, uh, 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 Richard Crenna was not the, star, uh, the co-star, but Kirk Douglas was. And in my files, I found a poster for Kirk Douglas before he left the production. So I have Sylvester Stallone and Kirk Douglas in First Blood. How, how cool. So there are you know, rare, rare photos and posters and all of that on, on the website. And I think people, um, you know, if they want to uh, get a sense of uh, 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 many, many different things that I've done, such as I've, I've written comic books for Captain America and Spider-Man and Wolverine. I've, I've done a lot of things that, you know, one wouldn't perhaps expect. So, um, but as as for writing, I've I've been uh, uh, doing some reconstructing. I'm very confused about the United States. I'm very confused about we my audience. Uh, and uh, I have uh, I started a couple of books, and I never chased the market. And I said to myself, these books do not fit the market as I understand it today. So I'll keep writing, but I'm going to sit it out. Uh, so I've been writing short stories. I've been writing magazine articles. Um, for a time, I worked on a. Um, I was going to write and direct a documentary about a beloved um, movie uh, personality. Uh, I can't say much about it, uh, but uh, I got in uh, the, the the difficulties of the getting rights and what have you became so much that after six months I had to back off. Uh, to much to my much to my disappointment. Um, uh, so I've been, I'm, as is, has always been my habit, I'm, I move in directions that appeal to me uh, rather than directions that um, I think the market would like. Uh, but everything is cyclical, uh, so I, I'm just waiting it out until I can figure out what on earth is happening. Uh, and once I do, then I'll be able to write about it. Kim? Yes. Um, what do you got going on? Ooh, well, you know, strong alpha females, you know, John. Someone's, <laughs> someone's got to do that. Um, you got so I'm writing, right? Yeah. So I'm writing the third Thea Paris novel, which is about journalists who are kidnapped in Jordan and Syria. And Thea's ex-boyfriend is the hostile environment consultant, whose basically job is to look after the journalists in war zones, is kidnapped with these journalists. So it's a very complicated personal situation. And I'm kind of delving more into the negotiation side of the business, which I find quite intriguing, you know, just the way it works. I am also working on a new series right now. Uh, it's also a strong female protagonist. And, um, you know, I, I've been doing a lot of, uh, just like David, I'm not sure I understand fully how the, the world's working. And I grew up internationally, you know, visiting a lot of different countries. And, I was really intrigued, you know, about the fact that um, U.S., China is buying up a lot of property in places like Africa and all over the world, different mineral resources, you know, um, and the opportunities that are, are there, and then leveraging developing countries 
because they have to, you know, basically loan the money, you know, to do this kind of infrastructure in schools. And I wanted to create a character who is a female economic hit woman. Hmm. And so that's what I'm working on now, and it's been cool. really interesting to di- delve into something completely fresh. But as David said, I feel the same thing, you know. Uh, I really hope that, you know, women will champion strong female protagonists because there truly aren't a lot of action heroes that are female out there. And, uh, you know, this new character is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you know, um, accomplished, you know, person. So I really love to have action and fight scenes in my books. And I'm just really hoping that, you know, women will get angry enough that they'll be seeking a role model like this. <laughs> yeah. Well, Kim, nice. Kim has a very rich um, series there. I, uh, she and I have talked about it a lot. And uh, the, the dimensions, both in terms of uh, the hostage negotiation and retrieval world, uh, which gets more active all the time, and, uh, and Thea Paris, the, the extraordinary uh, main character that she has with the ability to uh, mix in various cultures, matching what uh, Kimberly's own background is. Uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful series, and the, 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 the new uh, uh, concept just sounds wonderful. Thank you. I really hope it's, you know, I, I always want to do something international because I feel like a child of the world. And um, also I think it's really important that we realize how small the world is and how everything affects each other. And I'm very intrigued um, by kind of geopolitical issues that can really result in some dangerous situations yes. and are perfect for thrillers. Yes, true. Mm-hmm. Well, and guys, I like KJ Habit. Oh, no, well, sorry, we want to thank yeah. you. We want to thank you for coming on and joining us here on uh, pretty much your podcast on Inside Thrill Radio. Um, the best place is ThrillerFest.com to find out more about ThrillerFest, and it's ThrillerWriters.org, I believe, right, for the ITW website. That's correct, yep. And yep. there's also the, the Big Thrill as well. And the Big Thrill, yes, the magazine that comes out once a month, which showcases new releases, not just debut books or not just big people. Everybody kind of, you get your, you can kind of get uh, yourself debuted in, into the big thrill. So, guys, thank you guys again so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, see you all soon, very much soon here, coming up at Thriller Fest. And, David, we'll see you probably next year. All right. I, yep. Uh, uh, get my schedule untangled. Uh, we'll move forward. That sounds great. Awesome. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you, you so thank much. Thank you very much and for enjoy. the interview. You guys have a good one. Okay, bye-bye. All right, bye-bye.